Welcome back to the Beers and Steers Podcast, episode four. We got a little bit of a recovery week, in, week coming on after the Rice game. Literally. And the Houston, literally, uh, this is John's flu game, so y'all know. Uh, we <laughs> literally are putting our lives on the line uh, for you, the listeners. But yeah, I got a little recovery coming back from Houston, coming back from the coast. It's now getting uh, bombarded with a hurricane. Once I leave, it just gets flooded. Uh, that makes no sense at all. But thanks. First off, thank you to everyone who came to Beavers. I want to give a big shout out to CMO, also to one Ashley Brown, as well as one Jordan McGinty, soon to be Frazier. We really do appreciate it. Y'all did a great job, helped put that together. Um, that was really fun. We kind of took over the entire inside, which was cool, and we didn't have to sit outside, which was even better. What was and, our girl's name? Lynette? Lynette. Oh, Lynette yeah. Lynette was, was a, huge. She was a honey. She yeah. never f- figured out my name after ordering like six drinks from her, but it's hey, okay. Huge shout out to Lynette if you're listening to the episode. I'm Thank sure you. I'm sure she is. If you see a very cute waitress at Beavers with a Beers and Steers sticker on her little notepad thingy, that's uh, that's our girl. Uh, also, thanks for uh, a couple we got a couple fans that came uh yep. rich jack pierce uh mason montgomery appreciate it y'all uh really changed it up because y'all are actually not from our grade or not like you know our normal uh friend group so we really do appreciate y'all coming out too that was awesome hey, also shout out to chase russo thank you for showing up as well calling oh, yeah the russo he was supposed to be wearing uh, pledge gear, but he he said that his shirt didn't fit. I may or may not be making that up. I don't want him to get mad at me. Um, all right, t-shirts. Yeah, it, was great, it was a great success. I think it was really fun. Um, glad to glad to get a tailgate in Houston and look forward to doing it somewhere else uh, in the near future. Um, t-shirts are in. I will hopefully start shipping those. If you live in Houston, talk to John. He has your shirt. I left enough for him. Uh, that he's gonna he's got everybody's so if you've got if you're in houston and you need a shirt text him and make him get delivered to you if you're not living in houston i'll send them to you shortly if i don't have your address i'll let you know don't uh, text me this week though because i don't, don't want to drown don't text john this week he's sick and he's got a big wedding on saturday he doesn't want to deal with your shit uh voicemails please keep on leaving voicemails i we need more that's by far our favorite thing is listening to him as we get them uh, and we just need more makes the show go a lot better. So we are relying on you, the listener and the supporter to uh, help us out because we can't do it without hey, you. Speak, speaking of t-shirts, actually Ford and I wore our t-shirts to the game on Friday. Yeah. I saw and, that. Yeah. Right, you know, it turns out, I, I think we got on some cameraman came up and filmed us for a bit. When we were walking up the aisle um, during halftime and between the quarters, everyone kept, you know, like shouting out beers and steers. They had no idea what that actually was, but they liked the idea. That's all that matters. And so we were screaming back at them, telling them to go follow the Instagram. So I meant to check, but I think we, we're going to have some random followers from the uh, <laughs> Stadium. So if anyone wears their uh, shirts to the game and is able to get pictures um, and help advertise, we one we greatly appreciate that, and two, we'll buy you a beer next time we see you. Uh, Koozie should be coming in by OU weekend. The guy who order, we order us through is a complete idiot. Um, Fort Worth people are the worst. No, he's A&M. Just, I don't want to talk about it. All right, John, beer of the week. Um, well, caught me off guard. Uh, beer of the week, uh, keeping the tradition going, uh, coming from Stillwater, Oklahoma this week. Stu, you ever been up to Stillwater? I've driven through it on the way yeah, to Kansas. A- how quickly did you drive through it? Was it very two seconds? quickly. It was yeah. about 87 miles an hour. Small town. Uh, cool place. Definitely recommend going to see a game. Um, pretty cool atmosphere. Webb and I went up there a few years ago and we got blown out. But uh, not a terrible drive from Dallas. Um, and it's convenient to get to Oklahoma City if you want to stay there on the weekend. But a brewery yeah, from the small there. town of Stillwater since 2015. This is the uh, youngest brewery that we've referred to in the last four weeks of this new tradition. Is Iron Monk. Okay. Let me say that again. Iron Monk Brewing Company on uh, Husband Street. So if you know where that is, let me know. But it's actually the beer we're going to refer to as a pale ale this week. It is Exit 174 Rye Pale Ale, and it's named after the I-35 exit to Stillwater. So oh, do you remember that? Would you look too? at that? Yeah. That, pretty cool. I mean, that, when I say I pass through Stillwater, I mean I pass through the exit to Stillwater. I didn't actually go through Stillwater. So if anyone sees Iron, oh golly, I can't even say it, Iron Monk, um, at any point in Oklahoma or in the North Texas region, because I don't assume they're down here yet since they're from 
or they started in 2015. Uh, please give it a try. Uh, shoot, um, as always, we'll have their uh, social media posted tomorrow or Thursday for you to go follow. But uh, looks like a cool place, and if anyone's ever there, take a picture. Uh, okay, let's get into it. Rice game overall. Yeah, that happened. That. <laughs> That I didn't go, none, none of us went to a 6A or 5A high school in the state of Texas, but it really felt like I was at one. It felt even worse than that. I don't know why. Like it was just uh, it was gross. It was. It was. They said the reported attendance was forty two thousand, which means there was thirty thousand people there. The I bet twenty five thousand of that was Texas fans. The Rice still had their home PA guy. Who was like going had to keep on going nuts when they scored those two touchdown lays? And hey, I love the Rice people; they're all great. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not digging on the Rice people at all. I, I do love their fans, and I will say, like their fan, their little student section, like it stayed. Like they didn't leave early or anything, and they were still cheering like really loud throughout yeah, the entire game. I'll give they them were the, they were annoying. They were annoying. No, they were annoying. If, if, Shout out to Maddox Lamb. She was with me and saw multiple. Um, I guess if you want to call them belligerent rice students, like a couple beers, but they uh, were horns down and like everyone's face is yelling, running around the concourse. It was just so unnecessary. And it was, I think they, they like literally were down 40 or whatever the hell the score was. And they were still doing it in the fourth quarter just for no reason. But other than that, no issues with those people. Rice band, pretty good. The 2.89 GPA, that was good. I like accurate, that. Accurate. Considering that may or may not have been a little higher than my GPA at the university. I kind of resonated with that one. I, I laughed at that one. That was pretty good. And then like the back to the future thing. Oh yeah. Kind of weird, but their favorite, the best line was what they, what everyone missed, which was we want to welcome the university of Texas to an air conditioned stadium. Just like off the bat, <laughs> just, I mean, I just that one. slap in the face. It was, it was perfect. They came they, out shooting. Yeah. And shout out to the trumpet player who had a kid on his back. That was pretty cool too. Like so. an actual kid. Like literally a kid on his back. Wait, like, was, a, like a child, like a like baby. a baby. Yeah, yeah. There's, we've got that's pictures and videos. His, it was hilarious. But anyway, rice, good. rice. We, we played a football game, so um, needs ear protection. Um, yeah. <laughs> poor kid. Seriously, that sucks. Uh, yeah, we played a football game against Rice. It was <laughs> over after the first quarter. We scored on their first four possessions, four touchdowns. Uh, we had ten first downs at the end of the first quarter while well, they had one. And I wow. believe that came on the first play of uh, their their first offensive play. It was like a 15-yard run, and after that, they got uh, three and out every single drive. So it, I don't know why, but I, I went back and looked, and that San Jose State game we won 56 nothing. But for some reason, this game felt like a little bit better. I don't know if it was because we got so – or defensively we got our shit kicked in the weekend before, but it just felt like a – better outcome and better performance I, I could be entirely wrong and maybe i'm just kind of overreacting and just reacting to how bad we were but i don't know for some reason i thought we actually looked a lot better than i remember us looking after that san jose State or because you were in a box and you were drinking the whole time that may have something to do with that shout out to mr mafford for the tequila shots i i don't know i th- i just thought maybe it's because of how good sam looked i mean four incompletions let's jump into the offense the the four incompletions were incredible. Uh, the deep balls were completely on target all night long. Uh, him and Jake Smith finally got on the same page. People forget he wasn't an early enrollee either. So, like, his first actual practice was August 2nd or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Sam didn't have to run – didn't no design runs, only on uh, – only picked up yards on scrambles, no sacks. Like I think we kept him for one drive too many. That was the one thing I'd say. That's obviously not a same call. That's a Herman call. Yeah, Herman's always going to fall on the that air on that side, and we'll get into that later with one player that was so freaking stupid. But I, other than that, like it was an, an incredible performance. Uh, the Casey I Thompson. It, I would not call it incredible. Just a okay. He, no, he did what he needed to do. He dominated a defense he was supposed to dominate. How about yeah, that? and it was just very simple patterns and just put the ball out there for your tall receiver to catch, make a play. So it was. But if you look at the first half of the first two games, he really didn't start hot, and obviously not against true, LSU. True, and he true. did this game, so that's I think a little bit more of where I'm it is coming from. Thing. I'll give you that. Yep. And I like 
that basically he's taking advantage of where of spots that he should be taking advantage of and playing like Sam Ellinger. Also, this is obviously it's like the athletic and it's just kind of like a new thing. But they did like a straw poll of Heisman, you know, like first, second, third votes, and the fact that he didn't get one is complete and utter bullshit. Like not one third place vote is what happens when you lose. I know, but still, like, he's putting up just as good of numbers. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, he's putting up better numbers than Lawrence. Lawrence has already thrown, like, five picks. Yep, but media is going to cover the team that's undefeated. I guess so. That's a little just seeing orange for today. But, um, okay, what did you see running back-wise? Because I thought this was a pretty showing game for the running backs. Well, I guess, uh, very simply put, Roshan should be the starting running back. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's my opinion. I think Keontae oh, I finally warmed up towards the end and showed his, you know, athleticism, which was nice. But that was when the Rice defense was finally worn down. It was really concerning that, and I'll I'll get to the offensive line when we get there. But Keontae wasn't able to make moves and create his own. Uh, I guess uh, in the first half, and then Roshan was able to do so. Right. Roshan just seems, and we've said it both weeks. Roshan seems to run harder and like falls forward more and is able to just make plays that Keontae is not able to make right now. Um, but at the same time, I mean, Keontae did not cough up the ball, so that was nice. Um, he had two TDs in the day. So, <clears throat> excuse me, he, again, he didn't break 100, which was frustrating. But I think it's – I don't think Roshan will ever actually start, but I think the guy needs to have more touches than Keontae at this point in the season. So Yeah, I agree with you. Keontae is obviously not 100%. And I've seen some more things that, like, the the coaches feel like they've got to, like, talk Keontae up and kind of get him prepared. And it's not like he's feeling sorry for himself, but it, he's not like, I'm the workhorse, like, I'm the stud, I'm the best running back on this team, give me the damn ball type thing. Where he should be. And it's, it's a tough thing because if he's not 100%, like, is he being a good teammate and by his being like, no, I can't go 100% give it to somebody else, or is he just kind of being down on himself? It's a weird kind of mental aspect more than a physical, even though the two obviously go hand in hand. Um, but, yeah, he's not 100%. Get He needs healthy to get healthy, like, now. Uh, if there's a game to get healthy, I guess it was this past week, but he still had two touchdowns. But, that, like you said, that second one, he wasn't making any moves. Like, that was a wide-open hole. I could have scored. Okay. I wouldn't score a touchdown, but some a normal <laughs> running back, like a, your your replacement, your war zero replacement running back, would score that touchdown. So yeah, I, it's it's tough because he's got the talent, but yeah, Roshan Roshan is showing that he has just as good of talent and probably wants a, a little bit more, or he's physically able enough to perform better, which is crazy to say. If you told me that in August, that I'd be saying that I'd say you're nuts. But also Daniel Young's back, which was actually pretty huge because he had a couple good runs and ran over a few people and didn't fumble like he did last year. So, yeah, he didn't fumble the ball. That was nice. That was good to see. So full <laughs> three running backs with Jordan Wington hopefully back by OU. That's pretty huge. I'll take that um, from you know where we were getting a little scared. Let's talk uh, about uh, let's talk about Duvernay and Jake Smith. I mean, yeah, I mean those really Duvernay, my guy. I think he's gonna have the most catches this year without a doubt. I mean, I thought. I mean, I mean, Jake Smith will probably start challenging him a little bit more for some touches, but with with uh, calling out, Malcolm Epps had a nice, uh, a lot more targets than I expected as well. But uh, Jake Smith, I remember my dad uh, when he caught the first touchdown, the one that was the deep pattern. Uh, he was like, "Is that Jordan Shipley out there?" <laughs> I mean, this everyone—it's in the back of everyone's mind. Oh but it's gosh, true, man. man. He looks—he looks like a little Shipley out there, a little bit smaller, but. He plays hard, runs hard, and, and runs great routes. And his, Sam seems to trust him a lot. I mean, specifically look at that LSU touchdown. Yeah. Um, but I just—I think I want to hit on Duvernay as a guy. Is I mean, he's freaking blowing up his value right now. Everyone's talking about him on social media. He's got so many catches. I think he's tied uh, for most receptions or yes. most no. something. Most receptions in the nation tied. Yeah. So that's pretty a pretty impressive. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last with Jake yeah. Smith really, really kind of starting to present himself. I, I so. don't know. I, I mean, I personally would rather throw the – I mean, if I have to choose, you know, two slants and during the middle, like, and they're both hoping who you throwing it to, I still think you choose du- Duvernay pretty much nine out of ten times on that one. Uh, 
but yeah, no, it's it's interesting that, that these two inside guys are where our receiver tendencies are going to, or where Sam's receiver tendencies are going to, rather than you think kind of going into the season is going to be more of Duvernay on the outside running as fast as he is with Colin Johnson on the other side. That's the kind of interesting part. But I guess I, uh, the only thing I take to that is that Sam Sam's outside throws have just been so inconsistent this That's year. True. That's true. Yeah. So. And, and he's smarter at, in terms of seeing a defense. Because remember, like, especially the first, like, couple games with Shane and Sam, and they were kind of going back and forth. Like, they refused to let them throw a ball over the middle. And for good reason. Like, they did not trust them. They're like, you're going to throw a pick square Gerard. to somebody's face. Same with Gerard, too. Yeah, same. Well, that's an old regime. But, yes. And now with Sam being as intelligent of a quarterback as he is they're like yeah we're, we'll let you open up the middle of the field make these kind of harder to read easier to throw type play, throws essentially but yeah the duvernay thing is interesting because you never see like the bulletnikov guys are never these kind of like inside like freak athletes they're usually the tall rainy moss go get up and get it type you got mossed you got balls but uh, so I don't know. I, I would. I think it'd be bold to say that he could be a Bolitnikov finalist, but I'm. I'm getting there. I'm getting. I'm warming to that idea. Not yet. Uh, not yet. That's that's aggressive. But we'll see. The one. Okay. A little off topic, but the one we'll just get into it or kind of the. Dicker is going to New York at the end of the year. Hey, 100%. hey, hey, hey! Don't curse the kid. No, I'm not. Because he is. Because he's that good. That don't curse the kid. Come Fifty-seven on. yards. It's in a dome, but still in a, in a dome. Yeah, it, uh, you knew that was going in the moment. Like, dude, that I was. I don't remember. I don't remember the few plays that led up to that, and I don't even remember what. I think it was the second quarter, maybe or early third. Mm, it might have been. I think it was the second quarter because that made it thirty-one to zero or twenty-four to zero. I whatever. want to say it was okay. Whatever. I don't. I don't remember, and I quite frankly wasn't paying attention enough to really watch. But it was like you could in tell the, they wanted. The they, okay, it's like the third third down play they had was drawn up to give like I mean I don't want to say they you know no don't bigger, even don't even it was it was almost no. like just too good to be true he was in a dome and I was like all right let's give this kid a chance no. and you knew when he trotted out there you knew he was gonna make that it was just like you could tell that kid had a little swag to him <laughs> I saw um, today today was the first time that the media was allowed to talk to him or, or like he went out for after practice or whatever. And really? they finally asked him the like the second question was like who are you winking at after before the kick at OU? He's like yeah sorry guys like I was actually winking at Joseph Asai like I know it looks like I was winking at the camera but like I had no idea the camera was there like I was <laughs> winking at him and it was like whatever and supposedly like w- ran off the like after the media and just like kind of yelled to himself like that was awesome like just like being able to talk to the media Herman finally allows it but. I mean, we'll never call him Cameron or Dicker, but he'll, yeah, you know. Dicker, the kicker for the kick. Okay. Anywho, man, don't curse back. him. Don't curse him. He's yeah. having a good year. Let's work back. Offensive line, I'll put him last because I usually put him first, but they were incredible. Disagree. What? Disagree. Running The running offensive, well, running game was, it was the first half. We did not produce any sort of push. He had, okay, Mm, I don't know. Disagree, hundred percent. They they had guys in the backfield in like the very first two or three drives. Oh, okay. Maybe first at like the we still drove like ten plays down the field. Yeah, because Sam was bailing us out on third and eight, third and nine, third and sixes. Disagree. Wow, that is pretty contentious. Third I, and I, two, third and eight, and okay, third and twelve. But still, that was the first drive. I still thought they played really well overall. That's a twelve play, eighty two yards. Was yeah, play. I mean, yeah, they, uh, as oh. they should. I mean, I just okay, maybe I'm overreacting to a few plays that I remember, but um, I guess my question is, how is Shaq doing? That was yeah, that's that was the main thing that came from the. I mean, really, the main you could have let off of that is Shaq's health. Uh, everything I've seen that he's going to be probable for this weekend. I would be pretty surprised if he didn't play. Um, from what I've seen. But that's I don't know. He's basically glued together at this point with how how many injuries he's had to both his ankles. I don't even know which one this was. <laughs> um, he obviously got carted off, but he was back on the field afterwards uh, in what's it called? 
on crutches. It was on a boot or in a boot. So I'd be surprised if he didn't play this weekend. I'll put it at that. But they haven't. They've been pretty quiet about it. Uh, yeah, the fact that they, he was able to put weight on it is definitely promising, and that they usually do a good job of like, except for Colin last week, eliminating someone. Like you know, this week they said BJ and Demarvi on 100 percent not playing. They do a good job. <clears throat> There's a chance they usually let him play. So I think he's going to play. But the rest of the O line, I thought. Especially in pass protection, I guess John doesn't think he's running the ball, but in pass protection, I think they were absolutely incredible. Cosme looks like an All-American, and once Kerstetter had to go play center, he held up great. Okafor is a is there's a couple plays where he was fine, but it's still just like you could see that he wasn't as good as Kerstetter was. I which scares me a lot. If Shaq can't go a this week and looking towards the rest of the season, because I mean keeping O line healthy is like so tough and so difficult, and we've been pretty blessed with it. Other than Connor Williams, two knock years ago, so knock on wood if you're with me. But um, yeah, I, I thought they played really well. It was basically fam, or, no sacks. I almost just said fam, but Ford and I were walking out of the game and ran into Sam Cosme's family. Oh really? It was pretty obvious who his dad was. They look exactly the same. Um, and we forward, we immediately just go, please let him stay. Please let him stay two more years. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, he should, but that's – he needs to put on about 30 more pounds. But, yeah, maybe. I mean, the other thing – like, if he, what he should say is, like, look at Connor Williams in college. Like, look how big he is compared to those guys. And then look at him now. When And he's already had a year in the league. He still is the smallest guys on that Cowboy O-line, and it's not even close. Really? Oh, yeah. It's and he's the worst too. He's by far the worst. Huh? Like um, that's who he needs to look at, and that's who he needs to model his entire career pretty much after is him and watching him. But to transition, yeah. Let's go defense. What uh? What'd you see D line wise? I mean, yeah, the D line was as unbelievable as as we should and we all expected them to dominate. Um, I w- I saw your note on Calendar. I, I completely agree. That guy kind of. I think it was a huge confidence game for him. Um, he was kind of – everyone knew who he was just from being kind of a highly touted recruit out of Houston. But this was like the game that gave him like the reassurance that he can be what everyone thinks he should be. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to see how he builds off of that. Um, but there was so much watching replays. It was like – I'm not sure, but there were like two guys in the backfield of like every play. Every run play, every pass play. It was just like we were so much faster than their offensive line. Definitely. It was like sad. Yeah. Um, and they, I mean they could not – drop back and anticipate to run a post route because they just couldn't get the ball out there. Except for that one that freaking Josh Thompson gave yeah, up. Yeah, that was that was bad. But no, you're 100 right. We are in the backfield the entire time. Ojomo, Ohomo, whatever his name is, he had that one play where he literally threw the full – it was like a, you know, like eye formation play yeah, action pass. Yeah, yeah. And he literally threw the fullback into the running back who was also blocking, then threw the running back to the side. But – he got beat to the sack because he had to literally go through two people, but he was still like half a step away from getting a sack. That was an incredible play. He is humongous and moves a lot better than you'd think. Uh, I thought the one guy I still need to see more of is Taekwon. I haven't seen like a true play where he just absolutely blows something up and is there making the tackle like destroy some guy or a great pass rush where he makes a good move. I haven't seen that yet, and we have to see it because we'll get into Asai being hurt, but it, we we just don't – if he's out, like, we don't have a pass rush. It is pure blitz scheme type rush is where we're going to get pressure. So he needs to really, really step up, um, especially against the rush running teams that we're about to see with Oklahoma State, hell, even I – mean, obviously OU, even Kansas, and obviously TCU can run the ball, but – like pretty much every other team in the Big Twelve, for some reason, they decided to run the ball incredibly well this season. So I, I need more out of him. Basically, is what I'm saying. A lot out of out of Taquan. Out of Taquan. Also, Tavondre Sweat's really freaking good. He's yeah, he is. He is for sure. Yeah, Jomo. He he, he kind of reminded me of Ridgeway a little bit. Yeah, I can probably could remember. Was it was it Heat '98? Yeah, he was he was '98. So yeah, he was he was huge. We were low enough to kind of see the difference of the height of all the guys. God, yeah, he was he was gigantic. But uh, switching up, I guess the biggest guy that stood up to me was Jawan Mitchell, number six. I texted you, texted you during the game. I was like, who the hell is number six? Yeah, 
uh, I mean, he transferred from what, New Jersey or something like that, or uh, I can't remember the exact community college, but something Butler, like that. okay, Butler Community College, which is something, something, something. Don't care. Uh, yeah, I mean, the guy was everywhere. He was making plays. Was really fast too. Um, I saw that the guy behind him, Caleb Johnson, decided yeah. to transfer today. Um, he's, which, in, he's in the portal. He hasn't transferred yet. He's just in the portal. Stupid. But yeah, Jawan Mitchell really stood out to me. So No, yeah, he, he played really well. That was his coming out party. He's just kind of a quick, natural tackler. Um, he's not the biggest guy in the field by far, but he's if he's you know mentally, he's a half a step ahead of whatever every other linebacker was, which is scary because you'd think that at this point Shark has been there for like eight years would figure have figured that out. I remember when Shark like we saw him at Roundup our sophomore year, so that was a long time ago. Yeah, um, and he's still just like half a step too slow. But yeah, Juwan had a great play, great like pressure recognition too on on getting up to the quarterback. Um, Joseph Asai, he hurt his shoulder and it sprained. And so he was out there like in the fourth quarter, and I think that's. I don't know if that's when he heard it or if like it just kind of re-aggravated then, but still, the fact that he was playing that was really dumb, and it gets back into what we were talking about earlier with Herman dying on that hill of always playing his guys more instead of you know basically making sure that they're in the game and all that rather than resting them. I think Herman was going for the cover too, which was funny. Oh, he 100% was. Um, and of all people, Deshaun Jameson bailed him out of that one. Oh my but, gosh. I literally was like devastated. I know. We, you texted me. You're like, told you we wouldn't cover. Yeah. I, so the first time, the first touchdown that they scored and they did, they missed the PAT. And I was like, whew, we're yeah. good. And then we scored, I don't know, something happened. Then they scored. I was like, oh, this just sucks. We're not going to cover. And then I guess he just went out there and told Deshaun, like, if you don't Let's score this touchdown, you're not playing again. <laughs> I mean, he might have. <laughs> I mean, it works. Whatever he told him, it worked. But yeah, no, you, you text me right when they scored before they kicked the field goal, or before they picked the extra point. You're like, told you we wouldn't cover, and then he missed it. I was like, I knew it. We're gonna cover, baby. But um, the they DBs, made bad beats too. They made bad beats. Yeah, that's true. Uh, DBs, like I don't know, if they played better. Like, is that's easy to say considering how bad they played the week before but Jalen Green didn't let anything over the top of him Kobe Boy should have had a pick six that's why he played defense oh Jesus Christ that was like I could have caught that <laughs> yeah that was bad he he I will give him this he recognized it very quickly and made yeah he did, perfect he play. did. Um, Brandon Jones did a good job against the run I still haven't seen like much of him of in the coverage I think that's mostly because we're being targeted towards the outside towards the weak corners and not going over the middle between him and Stearns and Brown and whoever's really playing the Joker position, which is smart. But I still I, I need to see a player too. Like he's he's a senior. Like he's been playing. He's probably has the most experience of the of uh, the entire team, maybe um, just pure play wise. And uh, we haven't seen that kind of big game changing play that he's he's had in the past, like the right. USC fourth down and stuff like that. So. I, I would like to see something from him that we haven't seen yet. Uh, same with same with Stearns. He's still a sophomore, but he's obviously got the talent to do it. Um, I didn't notice BJ and Demarvion not being out there. No, it didn't. I, it I it didn't really this, make a difference this so, week. We will, but I, I think they definitely will see a difference this week. But last week it was they, they couldn't get a ball past the linebackers except for the one that Josh Thompson that we already mentioned. So yeah. and that one little well, slot guy actually was pretty solid. Was yeah, he was. Walker. He was like a little Wes Walker out there. Yeah, a little wide dude. He had like a hundred yards. Um, he was a good player. But I mean, overall, we mentioned it earlier. Texas dominated a game. They're supposed to dominate. It was good to see. We covered. It was fun. It was nice to have a comfortable game in air conditioning where we don't have to stress. With free alcohol and free food. And yeah. No, it was great. It was I and Houston was a great weekend and everyone coming up to us. So all in all, it was an awesome time, good weekend. But um okay, let's change it up. We'll go to uh, a voicemail quickly. I'm not ready for Astros three, Rangers zero. Woo. Actually? Yep. Jordan Alvarez home run. <sighs> This one's kind of long, sorry. Hey, Beers and Steers, it's Webb Elliott. Uh, big win for the Horns against Rice. We know who you night. are. I know it's what was supposed to happen, <laughs> but it, it feels good to do what you're supposed to do. 
Um, I know you guys That's were right. at the game in person. Good job supporting the Horns. I was not. But I did want to point out on the telecast that John Kennedy's speech in 1962 at Rice University was given a lot of attention by the TV station, which I thought was really cool because um, it's cool to know that the Texas-Rice matchup is linked in what is probably the greatest accomplishment of uh, the last century in mankind. And thousands of years from now, when college football is probably no longer around, Whoa. that speech will be talked about, and uh, and the accomplishment of landing a man on the moon will be talked about as well. So I know it's not football-related, but wanted to point that out and how cool it was, especially to any of the non-believers out there. So God bless the USA, and hook them horns. America. I don't know. Oh, 3-1. Mazzara. Um... I don't know one. how many non, non-space believers or non-moon landing believers we have listening to this podcast, but I have a feeling it's not that many. I would hope our ratio of believers to non-believers is, is good. But, yeah, shout out Webb. Thank you for the voicemail, as always. I really hope everyone else can learn from Webb and just send us. We, we don't mind talking about random stuff. Like, if it's – it could even just be about pop culture, you know? Stuart likes that stuff. I so like that stuff. Um, Webb, thank you very much for the voicemail, and I know you're listening as a loyal listener. So um, get the uh, get the W this weekend down in Austin. All right, big weekend, Oklahoma State. John, when was the last time Texas beat Oklahoma State at home? We were, oh man, damn it! I thought you were just gonna say beat Oklahoma no. State. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I always think about that 2015 game where that was the biggest. The holding on the ever. defensive line? Like, what the hell is that? Holding on Puna Ford, the ref bumped into Charlie Strong and then called a personal foul on him. And then yeah. Dixon, oh, quote-unquote, quote, lost the game. But, I mean, no. Uh, What's this year? Was it 2019, not 2017, not 2015, not 2013, 2011? 2008. What? Yep. Wow. Yeah. I mean, does it surprise me? You know what? I remember the 2011 game. I take that back because we were juniors. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, wait, 2008. Okay, because that's when we realigned. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, so not not recent. So Gundy's kind of got our number in Austin. Uh, we obviously haven't won since 2014 um, overall. That was in Stillwater. But so I don't know how he does this because he's like the one – this is the one team, or we're the one team that he can really tattoo on. We gave him the 2017 game, not going to well, lie. We didn't. The refs did, but yes. No, 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 no. The game, there were Sam's with the ball in the end zone. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I was getting confused. We, we should have won that game. game. That was crap. Yeah, Sam threw the throwaway that wasn't the throwaway that was just so easily picked off in overtime. Yeah, that was really rough. That was one of the more depressing games, actually, in the past couple of years. Astros went to the World Series that night, so I was okay. Yeah, nobody cares. Uh, so this Oklahoma State team is the most typical Oklahoma State team. It's got a great offense, a pretty good quarterback who's pretty unknown, who will probably be known at the end of the year. He's a freshman. Uh, a really good running back who's leading the nation in rushing yards. And wow. one great receiver combined with a bunch of big old Oklahoma white boys at O-line that are very technically sound. And – they only run like a couple of plays, not a couple, but like they have a couple go-to plays that they know that they can gash pretty much any defense with, especially in the Big 12, and that's what they're going to run. And they're going to show you, and you're still not going to be able to do it. They they seem to just reload with the same type of players, and I have a lot of respect for Van, or for their coach. I mean, Jesus, he he gets a lot of crap for just being a weirdo, but he, I mean, he does a lot with not with a very little talent. So yeah. And, I mean, look at Mason Rudolph. He's over there in Pittsburgh being the starter now. So Yeah, well, they traded the second string. But, yes, no, you're 100% right. He, he is probably one of the better uh, creator of talents right up there with Patterson in terms of what he gets and what he turns out. Yeah, I agree. Um, the guys that have gone on to play are just incredible. Uh, I was reading today about that Mason Rudolph-James uh, Washington game against Pitt two years ago. And I think they had like Washington had like over 200 yards receiving, and uh, Rudolph had like over 500 yards throwing. It's something absolutely ridiculous. But anyways, 
They're three and zero, but the teams they played were Oregon State, McNeese State, and Tulsa. Tulsa being the toughest game that they've had. I was at Tulsa last week. They still covered, still won. Uh, 31, 30 to 19 or something like that. No, I can't remember what it was, but it's still one. Um, every, the, the quarterback's name is Spencer Sanders after losing the corn dog from last year, he's a dual threat guy, but you really, they don't, don't think of him as like a true runner compared to what you think a true dual threat guys. He didn't run that much against Tulsa in the first half. They tried to just hand it off or play, uh, yeah, pretty much just hand it off and run it down their throats. And they did pretty well for about two quarters. And then Tulsa kind of started figuring out, kind of started stuffing it, made him start throwing down the field. And he started throwing bad balls all over the place, threw a pick. He's not a great downfield thrower. And if you can force him into those longer situations, it's very, very favorable. I, I actually like kind of where we're at in terms of stuffing our the run with our defense and what we've got right now um, going up against him because he's so inexperienced and they really become pretty – you can make him pretty one-dimensional. Uh, Chuba Hubbard's the running back that we've been talking about, and he is really good. He is going to get drafted, uh, like I said, leading the nation in rushing yards. The first play of the game against Tulsa, he was 75 yards, literally right up the middle. Yeah, 521 yards in three games is pretty impressive. I, that, that means he probably – I mean, yeah, I bet you he wasn't even playing in the fourth of two of the games, so that's pretty that's pretty awesome. Yeah, he definitely wasn't against Oregon State, definitely against McNeese State too. So yeah, the only thing against him, he's probably a little small. He's listed at barely over two hundred pounds. Uh, I he's probably a little less than that. He's probably like high one nineties. So you can get on if you can get to him, you know, bring him down. You can. He's not going to truly run you over, but he can move in space big. Uh, the their favorite receiver is Tylen Wallace, and like he's their favorite receiver, like not even close. He's got like I don't know, like twenty catches, and the next closest guy is like seven. Uh, he's, Fifteen and twelve. What? Fifteen and twelve. Okay, well I was very wrong. Uh, he's got six touchdown, and by far their favorite guy. Kind yeah, of no, he's he's a red zone red zone guy for sure. The next favorite's that Dylan Stone or that white boy who feel like he's been there for three years, who's very good, just kind of possession, kind of Jake Smithy type. Um, but oh, their defense, their defense. I watched the first half against Tulsa um, yesterday, and I was very unimpressed with what they have, other than oh god, Amen Ogbong Bimiga, Bimiga, Ogbong Bimiga. He's their best defensive player, defensive end. He's got three and a half sacks. He's leading. Call him Gregory. What? Just call him Gregory. Gregory is leading the Big Big 12 in sacks, um, and he's their second leading tackler, which is pretty impressive for a defensive end, uh, especially like in this day and age. Yeah, that's really impressive. They got A.J. Green on there as a corner. Jeez. And having like – Cosme is huge because this will be the biggest test that he's faced up to this year, and it might be the biggest test he faced all year. You think but, so? Even over Clavion uh, Chasen? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Clavion, huh. he handled pretty well, and I was not as impressed as I thought I was going to be with Clavion. But uh, yeah. their defense is pretty weak after that. They've got defensive tackles that you can move. I did not see anything from their linebackers, and their DBs are not ex- – their corners are good. Their corners are solid, but their safeties are very exposable, especially with Duvernay and Jake Smith. I have a feeling Colin Johnson and Epps and Eagles are going to kind of maybe have a slow game, and this is going to be up the middle, up the middle, quick slants, quick outs, stuff like that, hitches all day long. Um, they've given up the second most plays over thirty yard, thirty plus yards in the Big Twelve so far, and that's with the best offense playing is Tulsa remember that's also including Oregon State and McNeese State also they have the third uh, worst third down opponent third down conversion in the Big 12 too right now so it's a good set I and we've got a really solid third down offense going in so far I am pretty confident in this game honestly because we've seen that Sam and the offense can put together real long sustaining drives uh, even against LSU with that 19 play one so if you can keep the ball it's like the old NFL like keep the ball out of the running back's hands okay well how do you do that long drives like go on forever 
half a half a quarter. And they're going to get yards with running the ball, but Orlando's kind of got that bend up break style. Maybe force them to third down, bring the house, get a stop. I I, I don't know. That's my opinion. I'm I'm more confident in this game than I think most than the average Texas fan is. Is what I'm saying. What do you think the score is going to be? I think we cover. I'll say 38-30 Texas. I also want to say, yeah, 38-30. I predicted 45-10 against uh, Rice, and I was pretty much spot on in terms of the spread. It was congratulations. You're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. So I think. I'm really not concerned with Sam throwing the ball over these guys. I want to see our offensive line create the running lanes for Roshan and and uh, Keontae. Uh, I think that's that's the key. That's something I'm going to be. You know what? I huge huge stumble there. I'm not going to be watching. So do not text me. Do no one text me about the game. I do not want to hear anything oh, about yeah. the game. Uh, I'm going to check the score late at night and just be excited or disappointed. I do not want to hear a thing about the game. So. Uh, I would like to, when I then rewatch or watch the replay, um, see our offensive line um, do do like I mean they. I was impressed with them against LSU. I just was not impressed against Rice. And again, it's hard to get fired up for a game versus Rice. So we'll see on that. I agree with you. I think we're going to put the points up. Um, I just don't know enough about the Oklahoma State receivers to truly uh, be nervous about what they can do versus our weak corners. I do think I think we win this game at home finally. I think it's a 45 to 32 type game or 45 to 30 something low 30s. So, I think we cover win and cover um and the home crowd is is the difference in the game. So, I, yeah, I did see that the game is officially sold out as of uh, earlier this morning. Why is- why are we the primetime game with Kirk and Chris again? Like I'm sorry. I guess it's, it's that week of that week of a week, there we go. That's yeah, good. it is. Well, overall, no, but the big games are on Fox and CBS. NBC. NBC. Is the Notre Dame game on NBC? Yeah, they're NBC. They've always been. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. I was about to say. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so anywho, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's not at Notre Dame. That's the only. I guess I take that back. You're right. Yeah, and, and and the fact that that's at the same time. Hopefully, it won't be as much attention on us. I don't want to have two games at home that we lose on national television, which I don't think we will. But if something were to go bad and everyone was watching us, that'd be I, really frustrating. Yeah, I saw a lot of people were like, "Oh no, we got Kirk and Chris again." I was like, "That shouldn't make it like that shouldn't be a bad thing." I mean, I know it's. Like the prime time is the A like team. Like, yeah, I I like that. I I think that's a much better product. And um, people used to complain about how we had eleven AM kickoffs. They're always going to complain. Yeah, I know. I know. You're hundred percent right. But like, it's still I, this is what draw. You know, if you're drawing that for ESPN's eyeballs, like ESPN thinks you're their you're their golden child for the week. That's great a for recruit. Deal. It's great for recruits. Very good for recruiting, especially kids that like. I didn't see that they're. Uh, I, we don't have that many guys coming in. I think we kind of burned that with the LSU game, obviously, which was smart. But still, yeah, great for recruiting guys who can't make it in, all that good stuff. But kind of segueing into the – from looking ahead, it's tough to do, but this one counts. We could have lost the first three games and still won the Big 12. People forget that. But <laughs> I, I know everyone's freaking out, in the, especially with the LSU game. But – this one really does count. Bowlesby's, as Herman said, Bowlesby's not handing out the trophy if we win this one game. But it's still a huge. And looking at the Big 12, things have kind of shifted uh, from what we thought at the beginning of the season. I think people were a little higher on Tech and probably a little lower on Kansas State and probably Oklahoma State in general. And that's really kind of shifted around. I think the one team that... TCU has been like the one team that expectations have been about the same. Um, obviously, OU is incredible, and their offense is <laughs> might be better than the past two years. I had to check myself before I even said that, but it's yeah. it's in, it, it is. I mean, Hurts is probably going to be a Heisman candidate. So I don't know. Looking ahead, like what do you what are you seeing? What do you think is really kind of just through three games? So it's a little hot, but what are you seeing? One, I want to say the fact that the Big 12 teams are pulling off some of these wins, more specifically Kansas State and Mississippi State, Kansas at Boston College, I think it's a positive for the conference. You know, I think was, we've been beaten up a lot. TCU um, was a two-point favorite against – three-point favorite against Purdue and won by three touchdowns. So, I mean, a lot of good non-conference games that we have won 
uh, minus Iowa State choking last week with a muff punt or whatever, so you, whatever you want to describe that as, but just a mental mistake. I've yeah. uh, been really pleased with the Big 12 in general with their non-conference, I guess, um, wins. Kansas beat Boston College. Yeah, so I, it makes me nervous for how we – I kind of under-assumed uh, or underestimated the talent level at, I guess, specifically Kansas State. Thankfully, we played them at home this year. Um, but I think they're, Kansas State's a team to watch out for. I think they're going to pull off a bigger upset this year in the Big 12 than than anyone else. I think Oklahoma State will be good, but I think Kansas State will be pushing uh, both us and Oklahoma at the end of the year because North Dakota, that, that coach just is a winner. He knows how to get his team ready. And so uh, I'm trying to think of who else out there. Yeah, You know, Baylor, Baylor really hasn't been getting much talk at all. But I know they had a bye week. So that no, doesn't help. they haven't, and I saw today that they're uh, getting back to the leading the nation and or leading Big Twelve teams running the ball a lot of better. Baylor is like leading the nation in rush per game, huh? Like yards, maybe not yards per game, but uh, I believe it's average. Yeah, average y- yards per carry. They're leading with eight point three yards per carry. Wow! And they're hmm. top ten in the nation in uh, yards per game. Yeah, but it's Baylor, so I'm not worried about five, it. Fifth, fifth in the nation. They've only played two games, but still. Small sample size. Small sample, small sample size. size. There's regression, Mendoza line, all that good fancy stuff, but still. At all, like, all in all, though, Oklahoma still looks unbelievable. Yeah, so. no, they're incredible. Um, we'll get into that when it's time, obviously, with hate week. and Their defense has not shown, I mean, that much of an improvement. Is there any good game <clears throat> other than Austin, Oklahoma State, within the Big 12 this week? No. There's got to be one. I'll, you you go ahead and talk. I'm gonna go look. No, I I, don't, I really don't think I don't think there is. I'm not joking because I don't think most teams are. Uh, oh, they're not. You're right. You're I, I right. think We're... we might be one of the few Big Twelve inner Big Twelve games conference games for the week. We are thus West Virginia and Kansas. Um. Wow. What the heck? I did not. So okay, you're right. Everyone else is playing. Uh, non-conference off, game. And someone else is off. So, yeah, there's only three games that involve the Big 12. Excuse me, four games that involve the Big 12 this week. Baylor, Rice, TCU, SMU, West Virginia, Kansas, and Texas, Oklahoma State. So, huh, interesting. I'm riding the ponies until they uh, don't cover, by the way. So, if anyone wants to make a little bit of shekel, uh, take the ponies plus 14 and a half. Speaking but, of what? But no, but before we jump into the games of the week, I, it's just, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out with the Big 12 this year because I think we've oh, kind yeah. of surprised college football in general. Um, and I want to see how that – I haven't looked at the rankings like you know 10 through 25 this week, but I want to see how that plays out and adds to the value because every year so far we've been pretty fortunate with like OU having enough of a resume to get in. I think every Big 12 team is going to have one loss this year. I guess OU had one loss last year. So I just want to see how the development and the talent at the, I guess, Big 12 has this year impacts our resume with a – because there's five teams this year I think are going to be are eligible for the playoff, and it's just going to be interesting what team gets screwed and see how that, I guess, plays out with the, the Big 12 champions. So. Yeah, if you want to look at it from a real large standpoint, Clemson's pretty much guaranteed in considering they already played their two toughest games. Barring they don't slip up anywhere, but I highly doubt it. It's looking like basically the winner of Bama LSU will probably get in. Georgia, if they can beat Notre Dame, and they're we'll get into that, but they're fourteen point favorites, it's probably gonna be at least in the SEC championship, possibly in the playoff. Um and then, you know, does Oregon win out? Will that be enough to get them in? Same no. with Washington or Utah. Uh Ohio State's looking pretty dangerous. Like, yeah, where does OU slash us fit into that hell where does i mean you know you never even know does oklahoma state ramble something off and we're like where's bedlam i think bedlam's in norman this year but still yeah like it's it's as condensed as you think it is with the you know top seven or so teams being where they are but it's still wide open completely in terms of every team having at least at least eight games, or sorry, nine games left. So, um, in the games of the week, games of the week, starting off 11 a.m., the Fox 11 a.m. game. I don't still kind of don't really know why they do this, but whatever. 
Michigan at Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin's minus three. First big, first big Big Ten matchup of the year. Harbaugh coming in the Madison after barely beating Army, um, which by the way they celebrated like they beat Clemson. That was so dumb. They were going nuts. Like you beat Army in overtime because the quarterback doesn't know how to throw the ball at all. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty embarrassing for them and very telling about their team. Wisconsin offense is basically Jonathan Taylor and a bunch of big white dudes blocking for him. Jack Cohn's a quarterback, and he really can't do much, and I couldn't name one receiver for him. But their defense is really, really good and can pretty much stop anything. I, I don't believe in Shea Patterson, and I don't believe in Harbaugh do in these yeah, big games. Uh, I think three is actually kind of a lot of points, which is weird to say, but I still like Wisconsin. If you can, I like Wisconsin down. big on this, man. I, I, I'm – I think this is the game that brings Jonathan Taylor to the fourth, like up there in terms of Heisman candidates. Really, okay. I don't. I really am not a believer in Michigan, especially on 11 a.m. game on the road. Uh, Harbaugh has proven to not, I guess, not be able to win these big games. So I think it's a big, big win. I think 10, to 10 plus points. I think okay. Wisconsin dominates. So that's that's pretty hot. Um, Auburn at a And M, two thirty. Adam's minus four. This is the start of their SEC slate against the true freshman Bo Nix. Auburn is has unbelievable running the ball with big O linemen, two good running backs. Um AM showed they've pretty solid against the rush. Uh they held ETN to like under seventy yards or whatever, and I think under hundred and twenty five yards total as a team for against Clemson. But I still don't think Mond is the guy, and I don't think he's a hundred percent healthy. If unless he miraculously got healthy after that uh, the Clemson game, I know they beat the hell out of Lamar this weekend. But it's Lamar, so I, I think Nick's has shown enough to be like the game manager, very typical SEC quarterback. I don't know if they win. I'm not, or sorry, I don't know if they cover. I think that Auburn wins, but four seems too much for me here. I see. I think the Aggies win at home. Really? I think it's. Uh, I think Auburn was fortunate to win that game up in Arlington. Uh, I just think the Aggies play really well at home versus big-time opponents minus Alabama because it's not fair. Uh, and so I think I think Mond has a much better game. Um, A&M always seems to have that one wide receiver just comes out of nowhere yeah. this time of year. And I think this is a game. I mean, I, I haven't really been able to watch their games just because of LSU and uh, Rice. But – I think AM, just my gut tells me AM is going to get this one at home and then it's going to be a lot of momentum for the Aggies. They do have that D lineman, Matabuki, or whatever. He's actually really damn good and pretty fun to watch. Yeah. Um, all right. Big game of the week Notre Dame and Georgia. We talked about it earlier, seven o'clock on CBS. This is the CBS gets to push one 230 game back to seven a year and they they chose it on this game. So, uh, one quick thing Georgia's about Georgia's minus this, 14. Go ahead. One, thing, one quick thing about it is that. You know, when game goes on CBS, like ESPN does a really good job of not really promoting it very well <laughs> yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they show it on game day and whatnot, but like, I just, I honestly did not know this game was this weekend until they showed the slate on Sunday. I was like, wow, I, that is, really? yeah, I, I guess I'd overlooked it completely, but what a game. Like, this is going to be, you know, up there with in terms of, I guess, most views of, uh, you know, the game that we had last or two weekends ago. So, um, Georgia at home, you're saying they got 14 points? Yeah. Wow. I, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, you know, Georgia doesn't play many night games. That's one thing that's uh, – I've talked to a few friends that went over there. Like, yeah, we're actually really enjoying the 11 a.m. kickoffs. Yeah, because it's, um, it's at CBS 2.30. Like, they just yeah. dominate that time slot. I – I don't like the fourteen points. I don't, I don't think Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame covers that. So I said earlier, I think they cover, but now I think about it more like fourteen is a lot. I just can't. I can't lay that. Um, Fromm has shown they've still been pretty damn good, even though they lost all those receivers. Book surprisingly for Notre Dame has been really good with the deep ball and uh, has thrown no interceptions yet. So huh. um, Notre Dame, has, I did see has like one hundred twentieth in the nation in terms of allowing uh, rush yards per game. So, and Georgia's a very good running team with uh, Swift and that other dude. So, I, I like – I agree with you. I like Georgia. But, yeah, I just – I can't lay 14. That's that's too much. 
I, that, that is a lot, but it was definitely going to be a good game to watch, which again, I won't be watching, but very much looking forward yeah, to this so, weekend. Okay, so what's so, your, what's your plan? Uh, we kick off at seven, <laughs> literally on the dot. Um, Wait, who does Texas or the wedding? No, the wedding. I was about to say Texas at six thirty. No, no, we, we are live at seven. Uh, so I will be out of ceremonies pocket. at seven. Yes. You can watch the first half of the first quarter. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, is it, is it so, Catholic? Are you kidding? Am I Catholic? I don't know. Oh, I'm Jewish. Surprise. <laughs> no. Surprise, motherfucker. Okay. Uh, no, well, that'll be a little quicker then. Yeah. Very much looking forward to this weekend, but do not text me. If anyone texts me during So the, you're doing nothing. You're Basically, you're saying you're not going to watch any of it. I will be not watching anything and not accepting any conversations about Longhorn football during the ceremony or I can the hear you lying through your teeth. Nope. I will not be checking anything. I will be knee deep in a, never mind, never mind, bottle of beer, <laughs> most likely to celebrate a awesome, awesome sister. So very much looking forward to shout it. Shout out to the happy couple, Elizabeth. We love you. Y'all have fun this weekend. Also shout out Sean Taylor. He's the third string quarterback at Oklahoma state. He's a good family friend. Um, he actually got to play against McNeese State and went four for four. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, he's a All Saints kid. He uh, has a pretty good arm. Can't move very well. If anyone has a, uh, if he's in the game, boat, we've got a lot of problems. Save me, save me for the next two days. It's starting to rain really hard right now in Houston. So, uh, dude, y'all are good yeah. against floods. It's fine. Go Horns! Get the win this weekend. All right. Well, we appreciate um, everybody listening. I'm uh, I'm actually sick from oh, that's fun. Yeah, I mean I'm not terrible, but like Sunday after UF, I went back to sleep and I woke up um, like probably an hour later, and I was like, damn, my throat hurts. And I was like, eh, I'll battle through. And then Monday was still pretty bad. I was like, damn. fuck, I gotta go, I gotta get something. And so I emailed my doctor. And I was like, hey, motherfucker, I've got fix me, bitch. I've got four days till kickoff of a wedding. So. Oh, shit. What- Thank you.